We're going to keep talking Ohio State, but there is really big news on the basketball recruiting front. A huge target is committing tomorrow. All the tea leaves say Wisconsin. We're going to talk about Nolan Winter. Winter is potentially coming to Madison. Uh, all that and more, plus Ohio State talk on Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what is going on, everybody? I am Ryan Herrings, your host, Locked On Badgers, back from travel, back in the familiar confines of my barn recording, although that one commenter always says my mom's basement. Uh, I am grateful for everyone that's going to join us. Big show today. We're so excited. We got Justin coming on, a longtime friend of the show. Appreciate everybody tuning in, Good. listening, or watching. Totally lying to you. He's definitely in his mom's basement. <laughs> totally in my mom's basement. She's going to come bursting in at any point. Pizza rolls in like a half mm. hour. Oh, I would do pizza <laughs> rolls in a hot minute. I've never outgrown those. Um, listen, I want to start. This is a huge week, obviously. I haven't had you on in a few days. You know, We, we talked kind of a very briefly Ohio State, but we were mostly talking the, the first three games, that kind of stuff. Okay. Huge football week, obviously, Ohio State. But news broke. Nolan Winter, 6'10", 190-pound forward, 23 kid out of Minnesota, committing tomorrow at 4, 4 p.m. I think it's 4 Eastern. I don't know. It's probably Central. But either way, he's committing tomorrow. All the tea leaves really are saying Wisconsin at this point. If you read message boards, if you look at recruiting insiders, crystal balls, which are you know kind of the recruiting insiders' predictions and yeah. picks are pointing to Wisconsin. This is a big one. Yeah. Uh, right off the top of my head, a couple of things that are are major about this. For one, he's a really good player. Um, the second part is Wisconsin's really hurting for size. Mm-hmm. So getting a kid that that projects to be, you know, a stretch for he might grow into a five if he if he gets a little bit bigger yet, but I, I don't know how how much weight he'll carry. Um, probably a Crowell type guy if you're looking at mm-hmm. him if he gets to that weight. But I think he's he's a better athlete than Crowell. So um really high-end potential scorer here, shooter, good shooter. Um has some decent handle for a guy his size, um, but he projects really well in that role that we've seen numerous Wisconsin big men play, which is kick out. You know, if you have the, he's, he's a guy who's really good at the pick and pop type. Mm-hmm. Like everyone remembers how awesome it was when Wisconsin had Frank on the outside doing pick and roll and having him just pop back out. That's something that they can do very well. And with winter. So, yep. Um, it's a big get for them in that regard. Um, Again, a guy they really needed, yes, potentially, and a guy but, they needed from a size standpoint to fill in because they're they don't have a ton of future depth at that position. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even really write that down in my notes, but uh, they they really need that six ten, six eleven kind of uh, four or five. You know, a couple other things. I was going back and watching film on him, and this has been a a long Minnesota Wisconsin battle. Stanford was in there for the teams that are really interested. Both of his parents went to the Gophers, so the the tears on the Gopher boards are palpable. One of them, I, again, I I don't get too much into it because oh, every fan base in, in the Twin Cities, right? Now. There is, but every fan base has its crazies, right? So, yeah. like, if Wisconsin loses a kid, those crazies come out on the Wisconsin side. But there was one Gopher fan who said, "There's so much crime in Madison; he's probably going to get shot." I'm like, oh. okay, he's whoa, probably, it's probably not. That let's yeah. let's let's chill yeah, out let's, here. Let's, bring it down a couple of notches I mean, it's just but fans are crazy and that's why we love sports i i would say watching his film a little bit more i agree with your your assessment there's more athletic ability here than than a guy like stephen crowell he's able to take guys off the bounce he's got really good feel by the rim good playmaker you know he's able to to catch a pass find back cuts he keeps his head up this this is more than just 
a lot of times I think players get typecast into oh, they um, do for sure. Wisconsin, he's a tall. He's a Wisconsin stretch four. He's yeah, he's a Wisconsin stretch four. He's going to shoot threes. Well, mm-hmm. this guy can do more than shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Like he's a little pretty tenacious on the inside. A uh, really good touch, like I said, good passer for his size. I, this is a four-star talent, and um, it's a priority A for Greg Gard and the staff, so you've got to give them credit as well. Again, we're, we're assuming this happens, but it looks yeah. like it is. Um, this is a huge win for them. Well, the, the beauty of this is him and uh, and Gus are pretty much interchangeable. Like You could you could potentially put them out on the floor at the same time. Oh, I would. Both, I think they're both guys can yeah. do the same thing. So like, I think they're can, fit as tremendous. You can pick and pop with either one of them. So it's like, oh, man. That complicates when you have two bigs that are that bring good shooting, and if they both project as decent rebounders, that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like that gives you a lot of flexibility and things that you can run with your offense, and it makes it really hard to defend because you can't just sit there and be like, "Well, they're just going to bring that." You know, like with Kaminsky, we kind of had it in some ways. They knew what was going to happen when he got up towards the top. The problem was there is there were so many shooters on that Badger team. It didn't matter. You just mm-hmm. skip past order the next guy who's sitting there wide open, and he drilled it. Well, in this case, you do it, you know, you may end up with some easy cuts to the back door for one of the bigs or whatever, or guys coming off because you have either one of these guys or you can open up the post really easy for either one. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot you can do here. Um, I was talking to Jason Jordan, the Sports Illustrated basketball recruiting director. And he loves Winter's game. This mm-hmm. this was about a month ago. We had him on to talk known winter, and he thought Wisconsin was probably uh, – so kudos on him. He had a good feel on this. He thought Wisconsin probably had the the lean here. Uh, but one of the things he talked about winter is he said, this dude is a really hard worker, mm-hmm. all the intangibles and everything you hear about the Gus bus, Gus Yaldin, hard worker has the intangibles really gives a crap. So you're going to have two front court recruits here and you never know who, who pans out. And those translate good. to the rest of the team too. They translate so much, right? Cause the, the players that give a crap always find a way to outplay their measurables a little mm-hmm. bit. And both these players also have a high basketball IQ. I, I just I love the fit of of Yaldin and Winter together. I absolutely love it. Agreed. And then there's some shooting too, right? Like you mentioned yeah. the the shooting from the post, but yeah, they brought in perimeter shooters as well. Oh, definitely. This this is turning out to be a good class for Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. it, it may not have that uh, like future superstar, but this is the type of of infrastructure that you build on a team that helps you win a conference. Like there's mm-hmm. there's some things that really are shaping up for this team to be a plus shooting team heading into the next few years. And they're getting more athletic at the guard position that they've been in the past. Now we'll see where that goes. I mean, you and I have talked about um Asigian. Asigian. Asigian, yes. Oh, I believe I have the pronunciation correct now. Yes. Yeah. Love and, his game. And we we love his game. And I, I think there's there's potential star caliber with him. I think I he could be a really good player in the Big Ten. And, and he's got kind of that that I want to stick it to you attitude. Yep. And he will play really well with these guys. That's what I'm saying. Like you have the, now these two interchangeable post players with great feel and IQ. And you're gonna have a shooter like ECG yeah. who plus, can also plus shooter. A plus plus shooter who can also who, make stuff happen. Who can off shoot balance. off platform. Yep. And I know that that's I'm not necessarily sure that's a, a term, but it's a lot like a quarterback who's throwing the ball from awkward angles and stuff like that. He's a guy who could take awkward jump shots from all over the place. He does it mm-hmm. in high school. He did it in high school all the time. So now you're getting guys who can hit tough shots and you have good size that also has plus shooting skill. Mm-hmm. You're you're opening things up a lot. Now I'm excited. We, we could definitely use another guard that's got some some above average quicks to go with this to really open things up. But it could be Kamari McGee. Like yeah. McGee could develop into that that a little a little bit. Or maybe. Um, 
Daniel, you know, listen, (laughs) 24. Yes, yes, please. Uh, I I would say this. You never know with recruiting, right? You can land a five-star kid and he doesn't pan out and a two-star kid can become, you know, Michael Flowers was a Mm two-star kid and he was a great player at Wisconsin. I will say you can really start to see the pieces come together because Blackwell, the kid they're bringing in, as well as that defensive guard who can mm-hmm. shoot and play defense, Hepburn's going to be here for three more years. Like this oh, look is at, coming together pretty well. Yeah. And look, look at a couple of guys that they're they're high on right now in in twenty four, and Con Knipple and uh, who's his teammate? Uh, it starts with a J. Um, Jaworski. It's Ron Jaworski. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a blank. Uh, I, know I know what you're talking, talking about. Uh, but well, yes, Nipple is awesome. I, he's another just those, dynamic. If scorer. you get those two, that's what I'm saying is like the scoring ability. Like if if they can lock down those guys, that suddenly makes Wisconsin very formidable as a shooting team. Yeah, and those guys are those guys are good athletes too. Kudos to guard. Like this yeah. is this plan has come together. Now we're gonna have an update tomorrow when this happens at four. So for everyone listening, um, everything again is pointing to the Badgers. This is not a done thing yet, but it looks like uh, winter is going to pick Wisconsin. We're going to react to that when it happens, when, and if it happens, but we want to talk about it here. Big get. All right, coming up, keep Justin on the show. Now we're going to get into Ohio state. I want to pick Justin's brain to see what he thinks. Maybe people are missing about this. Maybe what people have wrong about where this game is going, where it could potentially go. Then we're going to make our picks. That's coming up next on Locked on Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to spice up the college football season. Incredibly simple to play while you watch your games. It's not complex, easy to do. And I'm going to throw out some Badger over-unders for this weekend that Underdog has. There's a couple that I think are really juicy if y'all want to sign up for it and get going. Um, It's super simple to go to the website, create your account. Look at different pickums and get paid right away. So here's here's my my pickums for this weekend. They have Graham Mertz passing yards over under 178.5. I got to be honest, maybe I'm drinking the Mertz Kool Aid three games in. This is a game they're going to have to throw the ball. Ohio State's going to score some points. Mertz is going over 200 yards. 178.5 seems super juicy to me. And they have uh, Chimer DK at 40.5. I think if I I believe that Mertz is going over 200 against this. Not incredibly stout Ohio State defense. That means Chimer is probably going over 40. So that's where I'm going. Um, go to the website. Go to Underdog. Make your own picks just like I did. It's available in a bunch of states. Um, pick between two and five players on across every team, not just yours. Decide if they'll finish with higher or lower. It's that simple. It's really fun. They have the most player props that I've seen anywhere. And we have a great offer for you. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, just one word, and Underdog will double your, fan, your, your pay-in. Up to $100. Deposit $100. Get $100 for free. Put it all on Graham Mertz going over 178 yards. Point, 178.5. You're going to win. Get in on college football action today. That's Underdog Fantasy. Promo code locked on. Not going to regret it. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, Justin. Let's bring you back in. Um, appreciate it as always. I, I, let me ask you that really quick before you go. Graham Mertz over under 178.5 yards passing. 
I would say that he's going to hit the over on that. And I think yeah, I that it might be a lot depending upon how the game plays out. They're going to throw the ball. And I actually think they have talent. Now the, the question is, is will it be productive? Like he could end up having 250 yards in this game. It could be meaningless yardage. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. If they're efficient with it, I think he'll have a good game either way. If he ends up being closer to 50% passing, then probably not going to be a great day. Well, it's, I'll, I'll say this. It won't be meaningless if he goes over 178.5, so I'll win my bet. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's valid. <laughs> I do want to ask you this. What What is something people are missing? The talking heads, I, I've heard it again and again. The Badgers need to pummel Ohio State into the ground. CJ Stroud's incredible. You know, what is something that you think is an underrated aspect coming into this weekend? I think that this is a little bit different of a Badger game than we've seen in most recent iterations of it. I think the Badger defense is slightly worse than we've seen. I think the Badger offense from a, a potential standpoint is is better. Um, and I mean that by I think that the passing game, unlike 2019 where we effectively had two two receivers that were the focal point of it, which was basically Ferguson and uh, and uh, Cephas, this is, that's not the case this year. I think there's legitimately three to four wide receivers that are that potentially could make big plays. Like it wouldn't shock you if a guy had a huge catch. And I think both tight ends are actually pretty good receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they, this is a game where I feel like from a passing standpoint, you you can lean on the scheme a little bit more than having to force the ball to certain players. Like you can look for that guy that should be open on a particular play and expect him to make a play. Versus being like, I don't trust that guy. I'm still going to the guy who I probably shouldn't be going to just because I know he makes big plays. And the defense knows I'm going to. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's one of the things. It makes it so much tougher to cover a team when you can't like bracket a certain receiver and be like, we can take him out of this and that then they're basically locked down. Um, the game will be interesting if the passing game is working for Wisconsin, the running game will start to work. Mm-hmm. Ohio State is not that good in the trenches that they can afford to shut down, I think, Wisconsin running the football without extra bodies. I think if, if numbers are even, Wisconsin's going to have some yardage on the ground. And it's been a long time since they've had a game that they've been able to do that. Like, we've we've had most games where they had eight, nine in the box. Even when – what people will point back to is 2019, and that's just not an apt comparison when it comes to this, because that defensive line for Ohio state was probably a, one of the best they've ever had. Yeah. And if you think that that's the way it's going to play out, like that's how that's where the difference in this game could be is that Ohio state may struggle to keep Wisconsin from maintaining drives. Now, whether they'll cash in on those, I have no idea, but it wouldn't shock me to see Wisconsin have around 30 minutes of possession or even above that in this game. I just don't know if it's going to accumulate points. Now they have to make plays in the passing game. They they just have to. They because, have to. I agree. Because if they're going to run, try running downhill on this, and, and Ohio State starts putting numbers in, they're not going to win the athlete game. They're just not. There's too much speed on that defense. You're making it too simple for them. And Wisconsin has good size at the receiver position to attack them with. And I think that's a huge plus in this game. Just don't play scared, right? Like yeah, I feel yeah. like that's. That's so cliche, and it's not that Paul Christ is actually scared, but I feel like we go into these games so worried about what well, we can't throw. We're well, we worried about turnovers. Well, I, but is. here's the other thing that I here's the other thing that I hear from fans, and I think to a certain degree, 
Paul Chris thinks like this for better or worse. And at times it's better. I, I'm again, I'm not trying to crush Paul here. Uh, but I, I hear fans say, well, if you go out and throw it, you throw it three times, you don't get a first down, you put the, you know, the buckets right back on the field. Listen, if you go out and run it three times and don't get a first down, the same, same thing same happens. Thing happens yeah. Right? Like, and you're not, not wearing them down. Let's not play the game. Like, like it's, <laughs> you have to be able to be a little aggressive in these big games. Um, and I think it you means have, well, you have to make a defense to set up the run too. Like you're going to be, the way you beat Ohio state is you make their athletes think you slow them down by making them second guess the things that they want to do. That's how you mitigate the athletic advantage. You have those guys on the back end thinking they're going to see one thing and they take a false step. And now you have an opening that wouldn't normally be there because a guy took a step in the wrong direction, thinking that it was something that it's not. And that's where these three games where you passed a little bit to start, if you have variations off of them, that's where it can be a huge advantage. The -hmm. defense starts taking steps in certain ways where they think a play is going to be. And it's like, that's not what I saw on film. Let me ask you this on Mertz, because I I was kicking this around in my brain. Um, You and I have talked a lot about Mertz over the first three weeks of the season. We talked a lot about Mertz for three years, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. you and I. Um, He's done great so far. If he has a bad game in Ohio State, what does that do to your opinion of Mertz? It, it, I mean, it to me, it really depends on what the way it plays out. Like, if he's just getting pummeled, that's not on Ren Mertz, mm-hmm. and he could have a really great rest of the season to, to prove himself. Um, Wisconsin has an athletic disadvantage in this game. Where where he can hurt himself with, in my eyes, is if Wisconsin's putting him in the best spots for for plays and he's not making them, that's that's when I look at it and I got to be like, these are plays you have to make in a game of this caliber. If there's wide open receivers and he's overshooting guys or whatever because he's he's so hopped up on the adrenaline for this game, that's a problem. Like he's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, but this is a game where he's got to play calm. He's got to be poised. He's got to hit the plays that are there because what will happen if he starts making plays in the passing game is you're going to start messing up with their defense because they're going to start taking chances, trying to shut things down. What do you think about, is this a, I've been thinking about this too. I wonder if this is a game where they have saved some of the stuff. Maybe we see some interesting stuff with uh, Isaac Rendo. Maybe we oh, see they some definitely stuff have. with Dean Ingram. I really think Wisconsin's offense can put Ohio State on their heels. I, I think I, if, as long as they call in, a, and let me, last, last thought on this. Uh, and then I want to kick it to you to get what you're thinking. Um, last thought on my end. You can be aggressive without being reckless. Like when I'm saying be aggressive, I'm not saying you go out with five receivers and you try to throw every single time. I'm not saying you you take go four vertical, right? I'm saying yeah. play action pass first down. Yeah. Uh, jet sweep to Isaac Rendo and then get yeah. him in a wheel route. Like I some of those mesh concepts that allow receivers to kind of not have to use like mm-hmm. physical tools to to get the advantage. Like you have a guy that gets open because of the concept of the play that ends up sliding out where it's like you know a pick but a not a pick situation and stuff like that it doesn't have to be a 25 yard gain downfield it's just getting that guy in stride where he gets a chance to pick up 10 to 15 yards mm-hmm. you know pick up an easy first down i don't want a guy running slant routes constantly against the a, a all-conference cornerback who's right across from him being like oh, we got we got to beat this guy athletically it's like that if you're doing that then you're doing it wrong like with eight people not, in the box and you're throwing yes. between linebackers. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Tight windows. It's like, there's so many ways to combat this. I think we'll see a lot of, uh, honestly, if they do play eight or nine in the box, there's going to be a lot more wide receiver screens and stuff like that. I would stack receivers. 
on this and and use the lead guy as a blocker because the other guy's gonna have to play off anyways. Mm-hmm. It takes one misstep by a guy who's coming up to make a play on that, and you might have a twenty five yard gain. And it's such an easy throw for Mertz. Like it it's is. some rhythm. And it's quick. It, it's quick. I I can't wait to see what Ingram does. This what a big moment for Bobby Ingram, mm-hmm. right? To to really this is the first test, the first big test. We lost. I get it. We lost Washington State, but that was a weird game. Yeah, people who are bashing our offense with regards to that, like some of it is earned, but I don't feel that it accurately represents some of the things that we saw in the game. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, the passing game looked really good. We saw how fast we just chopped right down the field when, when we went straight up. Hey, we're going to throw. And I, I think that people are losing. Like the people who are dogging on Mertz still haven't watched him play. By the and way, so, Washington State, a sneaky solid team so far this year like they actually look pretty good it'll be interesting and we'll see how they do against oregon this week like that will be a big tell if they somehow find a way to beat oregon for one oregon season's effectively shot if that happens Mm -hmm. um but it would be huge for washington state to take another giant step for them and and really will will kind of justify their season or turn it turn it into some reality there that it wasn't just you know wisconsin playing like trash which or, they also did. Yes, I mean, they did. I mean, right, what will be? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, coming up, uh, I want to talk about what we actually think is going to happen in the game. Get some game predictions. How do you think Paul Chris is going to call it? Get a score prediction, and really set us up heading into this weekend. So that's coming up next in Locked On Badgers. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Locked On Badgers, making it your first listen every single day. Your team every single day. Uh, we have Justin on the show. Always grateful for his time. Um, Justin, so right now the, the line opened up at 17.5. It, it pretty gradually went up to about 19, which is where I last saw it. So, you know, I, I've watched some some shows on uh, some of the people who are picking lines professionally, uh, watched, went over and watched some of the Ohio State, uh, some of their thoughts on the game. Most people tend to think this is going to be a blowout. Most people that I've seen are taking Ohio State to cover that. Um Thoughts. What? What? How do you see this game actually playing out? We talked about what we need to do as as Wisconsin to keep Ohio State off balance, but how do you actually see it playing out? I think anyone who thinks that, I think the line is roughly about where it should be for this game. I think anyone who thinks that they're going to easily beat that, I think, is wrong. To be quite frank, um, I, I do think was that. I just don't think the Ohio State defense is that good that Wisconsin won't be able to move the ball on them at all. And I don't think that the Badger defense is that bad that they won't be able to at least cause some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this game is going to be 40-plus for Ohio State. I, I think maybe mid-30s. Um, let's Listen, we saw Justin Fields with a bunch of first-round wide receiver picks with a defense that was constantly put forcing the Badgers into three and outs only put up what 38 against them in the first game. Yeah. It wasn't in the forties and, and the Badger offense was absolutely atrocious in that game. And the defense able, played really well. Fields was able to do some things with his legs that Stroud yes. doesn't do. That's hurt. That's hurt. Badger defenses a lot. Jim Leonard's defenses. And, and let's, I, I know people talk about, about uh, CJ being a good passer, but it's not like fields was bad. Like he was a guy, his stats were very similar. So like the difference there is that one of those guys ran a four, three and could avoid linebackers. The other one, not as not remotely in the same way. 
Um, mm-hmm. He may make some plays, but he's closer to Haskins than he is to, to Fields. So there are some ways where they could cause problems. Now, I haven't seen enough from the Badgers pass rush to feel That's confident problem. in them making big plays. Um, I actually – I'm not as bad on the, the the backfield, defensive backfield, as some people are, but we need to get home. The, he needs to be under pressure constantly. This may be the game he has the most pressure on him out of any games that, that we've seen. And what happens is you have to rattle him if that's the case. Like well, we need to be, be getting him off the field. He can't be slinging it downfield 40 yards to wide open guys. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Leonard does. Uh, Leonard is obviously incredible at his craft. Is he going to bring extra pressure and, and bring leave those corners on islands? Or is he going to say Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, and – I mean, so that's the thing. Like, we know Herbig's going to win his one-on-ones, but Ohio State's just going to move the pocket. They're not going to let Herbig beat him. Well, what's going to have to happen is it's either you're either going to have to bring extra bodies or you're going to have to bring bodies from awkward spots that are unexpected. And you have to cover for that if that's the case. That's where you get in trouble against Ohio State. If you're going to send a certain guy, somebody's got to replace him. Mm -hmm. So it's that guy that has to come over and cover that can't be a step late. You know who has to have a big game? And I talked about this, so if, if someone heard the previous show, I apologize. But I wanted to get your take on it. I think Benton has to have a monster game in the middle. Not just not just getting pressure in Stroud's face, because that's a situation where you're not bringing an extra rusher. But Ohio State will gash you in the run game, right? If you if you spend too much time trying to, to worry about those four great receivers, the tight end, Stroud, they'll gash you for 12, 15, mm-hmm. 20 yards. Oh, we that, saw it against even good Badger. badger they they did it against us all the time. They've always done it against us, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benton has to have a monster of a game. Mm-hmm. He has to be the best player on that front. This is a game where Benton can put himself in the top three mm-hmm. rounds of the NFL draft. He, he, he probably is, I would say, a third-round pick around that now, just based off of what he potentially could be as a pro. But he has a chance to really move up by having a huge game record game here. Mm-hmm. This is a game where he's got to be one of those where it's like, you're not going to block me. You know, you want to go out there and prove that you can be a, a freak. And I, I think he's got that kind of ability. Like he is a problem in the middle when he wants to make plays. The, the Really, the only thing that stops him is how quickly a team gets rid of the ball. Like this year, he has flat out just chucked people out of the way mm-hmm. every game so far. Now, you can argue how good the teams that they played against are, but, you know, it is what it is. He can only beat up what he can beat up. I'm curious on your thoughts, because you mentioned this. Uh, you said the, the secondary doesn't worry you as much. I'm a little more worried than you are, I think. Um, and it's because partially because, A, you're, you're playing against four, five really good receivers. And, uh, you know, uh, their tight end has been really good this year as well. And we're down Hunter Roller. Alexander Smith has never come back. So we're, we're attacking Ohio State minus probably our most athletic safety and our best corner. I, it that seems like a scary proposition, man. I, I agree with that. I'm say, I'm more or less saying I, I haven't seen them play poorly this year mm-hmm. so far. There hasn't been a game where the defense, the secondary has been like, man, what is going on? Now we can argue the pass rush in the first few games, is, but the, so much of the, it's it's really hard for me to get a feel for how where the pass rush is at because of the way people have played us so far. That's like, a fair point. Like I want it. Like when you're watching the other team get rid of the ball in two seconds or less. On most on the bulk of the pass plus plays or two and a half seconds, like it's really hard to get home in less time than that. Like that's that's the the benchmark in the NFL is what 2.5, 2.2, something like that. Where it's like if you get the ball out, doesn't matter who's across the field mm-hmm. from you, they're probably not getting home. And that's there's been a lot of that against Wisconsin. And teams have largely been unproductive. I mean, the Badgers giving up what eight points per game right now? 
Yeah, even Washington State wasn't productive. Yeah. And they I mean, they had they had a huge kick return that put him in scoring mm-hmm. position. Like, there's some freak things. That's a that is an area where the I will say this: special teams doesn't have to have a huge play, but they can't give up a huge play right. in this game. They can't be a negative. And currently, I don't have the number in front of me, but Wisconsin special teams efficiency, when you look across all the aspects of it, is like 118th in the country. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's once again just not a very good unit. Well, butchering two field goals probably. Did. Well, also giving up though, you know, having a couple of bad yeah. punt returns, um, giving up the the kickoff return. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly there there's been outside of just literal punting, uh, there's been a lot of issues there. Let's get your your game prediction. What is what is your score, man? I'm gonna give you two of them, um, and I'm gonna go based off of the passing game. If the if the Badgers pass well in this game, I think the game can be a lot closer than people think. And I could see it being like 31-24 Ohio State. Um, if if the game is – if the passing game is not clicking and they can keep us in check there, this game could get ugly. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, similar to the Badgers 2019 game the first time they played them, 38-10 or something like that, you know, where it's just like, man, we, we just aren't, can't do anything offensively. Yeah, that was a horrible game. I think mm-hmm. was it Chase Young in that game had like four sacks by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and they played him later that year, and it, the game was obviously much closer. Um, I I think it's and I had some a couple of people in the comments say I, I was being too dismissive of Wisconsin's chances. I but I've just had a point where I got to see it, and I think it's unlikely that the first time the Badgers beat Ohio State in twelve years is going to be in Columbus at night. Here's the deal. The Badgers have consistently shot themselves in the foot in games that they were in and had a chance to win, mm-hmm. where they had to come up with big plays and they have not made them. So I'm I'm not dismissive of their chance to win the game. Like they, the Badgers can can win this game against Ohio State. Agreed. They can. They have to play well on offense. And you and I talked about this offline before we came on, where I said they have to be able to pass, and if they can pass, they should be able to run. And they have to hold on to the football a little bit. They can't just, you know, come off the field in two minutes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they can do that if the passing game is working. But they have to cash in with touchdowns. Can't be field goals. Has to be touchdowns. They don't need a big special teams play. That doesn't have to happen. But you have to be efficient in what you do. And it's got to be for touchdowns. And on defense, the defense has to play a good game. Dip the you ball have to get Ohio State, You have to get Ohio State off the field at least probably – what a third to a half of their drives can't win them points. I would take even a step above the defense has to play. You said a good game, but they have to play an incredible game. Like they, and again, that does not mean you shut down Ohio state. Oh, yeah. You can't shut down. High they're they're, they're going to get but, easily 20 plus probably 30. Yeah. So if you're well, going to win, Wisconsin's going to win this game. It's probably going to be like 31, 28. Or, well, that's what I was going to say. If, if you hold them into the high 20s, that's an incredible performance by the defense. And that mm-hmm. gives Wisconsin a chance. And that that's the puncher's chance. But the defense has to be incredible. Mm-hmm. I think it I think if we had if I had one takeaway from it, one key, it's going to be the pass rush. It ha- they have to get to Stroud. They have to hit him. They have to rattle him. Mm-hmm. They have to make him uncomfortable. And offensively you can't turn the ball over. Right. Simple as that. Margin of error is much slimmer for Wisconsin than Ohio State. It is what it is, but it's not impossible. I think you and I both agree um, Wisconsin could make it a game. I think we also both agree uh, it's this is very likely an Ohio State win. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much. Thank you, Justin, for tuning in. Again, uh, 
we were going to talk even more Ohio State today, but the Nolan Winter news I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So tune into the show if that is good or bad. We'll probably do a live reaction to that tomorrow. About, but that's exciting. That's a big win potentially for Greg Gard. And then Ohio State this weekend. So get fired up. Uh, obviously, we all have some pessimism. We've been beaten down by Ohio State a little bit, but let's get it. Let's fire up mm-hmm. on Wisconsin. Listen, it win or lose, we'll be here after the yep. game therapy session. All right. Later, everybody. <laughs>